This is Innovating a Bright Future. Welcome back to Innovating a Bright Future. As always, I'm your host, Avery Kreiwold, and this is the show where I walk you through the innovative and revolutionary technology driving climate action and laying the foundation for a sustainable future. For this week's episode, I'm talking to Julie Mai from CalWave, a company working on a brand new branch of renewable energy that we haven't seen in the mainstream yet, ocean power. CalWave is a fascinating and accomplished company already, so I highly recommend checking out their website in the show notes to learn even more about them and enjoy the show. All right, now please welcome Julie Mai from CalWave. I'm super excited about this interview because CalWave is almost an entirely unique company. I haven't yet seen a company working on technology that's even similar to CalWave. It's harnessing the power of ocean waves. So not like hydropower where water moves in one direction and makes something spin and generate energy. It's instead harnessing the power of the movement of ocean waves, which, as we know, can move in almost any direction. So let's get into it. What is the purpose of CalWave? Yeah, thanks for um, having me on the show, Avery. So CalWave is actually a wave energy technology developer that spun out of UC Berkeley's Department of Mechanical Engineering in 2016. And so backstory is one of our co-founders, Marcus Lehman, started working on wave energy as part of his research appointment. And over a holiday break, him and his team actually built a proof of concept out of scrap materials, which planted the seed for CalWave. And so we went on to graduate from Berkeley Lab Cyclotron Road Fellowship Program and then competed in the U.S. Department of Energy's Wave Energy Prize, where we were awarded the technology with the highest efficiency out of 92 teams. So that was really exciting. And really, the vision for us is to unlock the power of ocean waves to tackle the world's most pressing sustainable development and climate challenges. And I'd say this vision for us has remained really consistent over the years. And yeah, we're excited to take it forward. All right, perfect. Thanks for that introduction. A question about that award. So it was a competition based on ocean power entirely, and there were a bunch of companies in it, and you came out on top? Yeah, so the U.S. Department of Energy put together this competition to really discover, you know, game-changing advancements in wave energy. So it was purely dedicated to wave energy development. Um, and the U.S. Department of Energy is really actually, you know, continuing to support all sorts of technologies in this realm. And as I mentioned, we were one of 92 teams. So we actually came out as the highest efficient technology. We came in that second place. Yeah, wow, that is very impressive. And as I said in the intro, you are an entirely unique company with what you're working on. But obviously, that isn't entirely true if there were 92 companies competing in that field. Have you kept up with any of those other companies? Yeah, so in this space, you know, we consider all other projects our peers. We really want to see everyone succeed because it's in the benefit of all of us, right? We continue to collaborate with other partners. A lot of the national labs that we work with also work with our peers in the space. So there's quite a bit of information sharing, I'd say. And, you know, there's projects taking place all over the world. But for CalWave, 
our most recent pilot project deployment that took place in San Diego was the first to occur in um, California as a long duration wave energy study. So for us, really exciting stuff. Perfect. So you said earlier that obviously the goal of CalWave is to harness the movement of large bodies of water and generate renewable energy. On a more specific level, do you envision your technology becoming like large-scale power plants or more distributed energy sources? How do you envision your technology taking shape? Yeah, so for us, I believe that our goal is to essentially bring this technology to market worldwide. Um, That way we can empower coastal communities to transition to fully sustainable and reliable power supply. But in doing that, what we would like to do is essentially license out our technology. We would work with other entities. Also, we would look into, you know, local manufacturing so we could get jobs on the ground where, you know, people are based to make that direct impact. Our technology would be incorporated into, you know, power grids. We would also be looking at, you know, working with utility companies. All right, so a bit of everything, I guess. My next couple of questions are more about how your technology works, because I genuinely have no idea how I would harness fairly random wave movements, I would say, to create energy. So how do you do it? Yeah, so to generate power, you'll see waves passing over our submerged buoyant wave energy converter device essentially creates this pressure field that dynamically pushes down the device and then back up in an orbital motion. And then as the WEC, um, which is the wave energy converter, as it moves in the water column relative to the seafloor, a winch-type drivetrain converts this linear motion into a rotational energy that is then converted into electricity. Wow, that technology is absolutely fascinating. And since this is a podcast and listeners can't see us, I'll have to get a visual of your device for the show notes because it doesn't look like something that would produce energy, right? It kind of just looks like a giant buoy that's floating up and down in the water. doesn't look like it would make energy, but it does. Yeah, so we have um, some secret control systems and mechanisms in our device that, you know, is kind of our secret sauce of our technology. I'm not personally familiar with the technical aspects of it. You know, for any listeners who are interested, please get in touch because we do have a technical, various technical experts who can lead you through all of that um, information. Right, yeah. Of course, there's going to be things within your company that you can't discuss publicly. I was really expecting it to be a lot more complex and difficult to understand, to be honest. I find that technology that you guys are using is just so simple and so ingenious at the same time. So quick aside here just to clarify, and there will be a visual to help you give an idea in the show notes, but we've talked about generators before on this show. As Julie is going to say in a moment here, the actual generation technology is similar to wind. It's basically a generator. When you rotate magnets in the magnetic field, it produces electricity, which is what happens when the rotors of a wind turbine spin, and it's the same process that CalWave uses. To generate rotation, CalWave basically has its floating device tethered to the seafloor with a cable on a winch system that can pull in and out. So when a wave comes, it lifts the device up relative to the seafloor, which pulls the cable out of the winch system and turns that generator, which generates electricity. Yeah, and it's our technology also builds on sort of existing technologies as seen demonstrated in wind energy and wind turbines, for example. 
So think of that, but also think of it as a safe device for, you know, marine habitats and of that. So when you say it's related to wind energy, is that just in the fact that energy is produced through the rotational movement? I do believe that there are similar mechanisms involved, but then that goes into the technical aspects that I'm not quite familiar with. Fair enough, fair enough. CalWave is still in pretty early production, I would say, and you may not be ready to produce units on a commercial scale yet, but just drawing from the tests that you've done so far, how much power does your devices actually output, and how does that compare to things like solar panels or wind turbines? Yeah, so our technology has actually, you know, it's been proven in the fields. We've done numerous different tests. And actually, one of our product offerings called the X-Node, which is actually this uncabled application that will enable the ocean Internet of Things, we're actually planning on placing that out to market from this year on. And so when we're looking at our devices and power generation, everything is quite scalable. So we're offering a model for our X-Wave device that will really be the main device producing energy to power homes and cities of that nature. Um, We're offering an X100 model and an X800 model. So that would be the X100 would be 100 kilowatts of power. And then the X800 would be 800 kilowatts of power. Yeah, with these models that we're planning on putting out, what we're doing now is actually preparing to demonstrate them. Um, And so we actually just received a large award from the U.S. Department of Energy to demonstrate our X-Wave solution at the first federally approved grade-connected wave energy site in Oregon called PacWave. And then we'll be planning on offering it to the market right after the test all goes well. Wow, so you guys are moving at a really fast pace in getting these out into the market. And I know you're not super involved in the technical aspects of CalWave, and you may not be able to speak on this part because it's one of your secrets anyways. How many homes could your X800 power? Yeah, so I believe that that really would depend on region, location, you know, wave potential in that specific area. With our devices, when we think about the X-Wave, we eventually want to see it providing power at a utility scale similar to wave or wind farms. So we would like to see, you know, farms of our devices. And we're actually a part of the National Hydropower Association's Marine Energy Council, which is calling for domestic marine energy deployment targets of at least 500 megawatts by 2030 and one gigawatt by 2035. So, you know, you can think of, you know, one kilowatt could essentially power one home. All right. So to give you a scale of how much power that is, like Julie said, a kilowatt can power about one home and a gigawatt is a million kilowatts. So the goal is to be able to power a million homes using the power of domestic aquatic energy by 2035, which is a monumental goal and it will be a massive step in the right direction for climate. Yeah, that is a lot of homes for one unit. You mentioned that the power production, similar to solar and wind, is very dependent on location. So how do you go about selecting the places that you're putting these? What are some of the best locations and some of the worst locations? When it comes to selecting areas for implementation, because we are just right now in the testing, you know, 
phases and piloting phases our, our devices. It's kind of up to the partners who are able to secure those areas for us in order to do testing. So we don't get as much of a selection right now, you know. But looking to the future, we're seeing the most potential for wave energy along coastlines where it's just open water, open ocean. In terms of, you know, there's no islands that might be affecting waves and wave breakage. Pacific Northwest, for example, is a really good area. And that's going to be our next focus as well. Right. So it's very dependent, first of all, on where you're allowed to go, especially because you're a very new company in the grand scheme of things. And I'm sure there's a bunch of rules as to who gets to do what in the ocean. Yeah. And before we do get our um, technologies even in the water, we do, you know, site assessments and feasibility testing to really uncover how much wave potential is in that area so we can get a better understanding of costs and metrics and all of that. So when I'm imagining this technology, being able to put a device directly into the water and basically have it sit there and generate power, I would think that co-locating this with something like wind farms would be really beneficial because you already have that infrastructure to transport the energy back to the mainland and it's already in place. Is that something that CalWave is considering or is that out of the question because the turbines will disrupt the waves? Yeah, so that's a great question. And our utility scale versions um, are extremely well suited for deployment to be co-located with offshore wind. Um, Because in this way, our technology can actually share the same infrastructure and then thus significantly increase the joint capacity factor as well of these farms. So as a quick refresher on capacity factor, Capacity factor is basically just the ratio between how much power a power plant is producing and how much it can be producing. So what it actually is producing versus what its maximum production is. So for example, if a power plant has a maximum capacity of a gigawatt and it's only usually producing about 500 megawatts, then its capacity factor would be about 50%. CalWave can help increase the capacity factor of offshore wind farms Because even when there's not a lot of wind and maybe the turbines aren't producing as much, maybe they're producing 20% of what their maximum output would be, the CalWave units, which are more steady state, they're less intermittent and they produce energy more regularly, would stabilize that percentage and raise the capacity factor to maybe 40 or 50%. So that question kind of led me into this other question that I'm curious about now. In the case that you don't co-locate with wind turbines, do you still transport that energy back to coastal cities for use in the same way, basically buried electrical cables under the seafloor? Yep, you're completely right. So our X-Wave is a cabled application that, you know, goes back to the main grid back on land. Um, And from there, you know, energy is distributed far and wide. Okay, so how do your cabled products differ from your uncabled products? Right, so our X-Node is our product offering that is designed to provide power and data as a service offshore. So here we would focus more um, on blue economy sectors like aquaculture, security and defense, inspection, navigation, disaster relief, and ocean science. So just think you're, you're out in the middle of the ocean 
and you are doing studies on marine life and you, you're trying to capture all of that data and information, essentially, the X node is just a very easily deployed device that could be out there with you, providing power and solutions for you to do all of the operations that you need. So in the case when you might be using these devices to act as an information portal and capture more data, how easily is it to transport these devices? So our devices are very easily transportable. With our X-Wave, all it took was a simple tow using just a, a regular boat. With our X-Node, I believe that would be the same process. Okay, so these are generally quite easy to get out into the field as soon as you need them, which is a big bonus compared to something like offshore wind turbines, which take a long time to transport and set up. My next question is, what do you see for the future of energy? Are we missing a lot of opportunities in ocean power? And if we are, how can we harness that? Yeah, and so I think right now it's only becoming clear that the world needs to become less dependent on fossil fuels. And I believe that people at large are beginning to understand this more so now than ever before. Um, we're seeing an abundance of innovation and support behind renewables. And even now, marine energy specifically is gaining a lot of traction and momentum. We're seeing a sharp rise in the demand for green jobs, which will play a significant role in the growth of the global economy. And so with the increasing commitments from governments to transition to 100% clean energy by 2050, if not sooner, I believe the outlook for the future of energy looks really bright. And I think the future is going to be one that is more sustainable, secure, and affordable when it comes to energy for everybody. When we think about, you know, are there any missing opportunities in ocean power? I'd personally say that, you know, it seems that wave energy is still in its early stages of development. But the good news is that efficient technologies such as ours do exist and they're becoming more accelerated in terms of development by increases in capital, access to testing, and collaboration. I believe these are the most important opportunities to, you know, really harness right now um, in order to expand on and bring wave energy to the market. I definitely believe that technologies like cow waves will be prominent in the future, um, given the potential for impact and the need that we have to meet increasing energy demands as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is especially true because it's a very opportunity-rich field, I would say. It hasn't been developed in the same way that fossil fuels and solar and wind have been. So there's still lots of room to grow. Have you seen any other energy production technology that utilizes the ocean, either similar to CalWave or completely different, that you think has some potential? There's many different forms of wave, water, marine, hydro energy capture right now. I can't point to a specific example, but you know, what makes our device different, I think, is that we offer a device that operates fully submerged and fully autonomously versus maybe others that are buoys on the surface, or maybe they're even devices that capture wave potential that are kind of more connected to shore. It's not to say I think all these companies are doing some great work and we're seeing tons of advancements, but I think that's something 
there's just differences in all of our technologies. But I think it's, it's great and needed for all of us to succeed. Yeah, definitely. And each of these technologies, I wouldn't say are objectively or subjectively even better than any others. They're just different and they will each have a place in our energy future. I think that's a great place to wrap up the bulk of our conversation. I have a couple of short answer questions that I want you to answer as fast as you can. And we're going to start with CalWave is still in relatively early production when compared to something like the solar power industry. Do you think there will come a time when CalWave and technology like yours will be able to compete with something like solar or wind and other established technologies? Yes, I definitely think that, you know, wave energy is such a perfect complement in the clean energy mix. When we think about transitioning to 100% clean energy, we're going to need something that's reliable, clean, affordable and power dense. And that really, for us, we're seeing wave energy, sort of unlimited potential in that space. Wave energy is actually one of the largest or is the largest untapped renewable resource and the third largest after solar and wind. We do see plenty of opportunity to join the mix there. Yeah, definitely that makes sense with the sheer size of wave power when whatever 70% of the world is covered in water. I know you guys are working on the production side of things, but which is more important for the future of a sustainable energy grid? Clean energy production or reliable energy storage? I mean, both of those you know, factors have significant roles to play. So I, I don't think one is more important than the other. I personally can't say that, but we equally need to be thinking about both actively in order to, um, you know, come to a sustainable grid solution. Yeah, that's a completely fair answer. You're more than welcome to say both. That's a great answer. Following up a bit on that question with the next one, some renewable energy sources like solar and wind are very intermittent. They produce energy only some of the time, and I have no idea how well wave energy deals with that problem. So how dependent is wave energy going to be on energy storage? So, I mean, when you think about the ocean, you know, it's in constant motion. Waves never really stop. You can get power day and night throughout all of the seasons. Um, and we actually see the highest potential for wave energy being in the winter months. Waves are extremely predictable as well, and they can be predicted up to two weeks in advance. So having that information and data and being able to maybe complement it with other renewables, maybe during times that won't be peak times for them, um, really provides that sort of reliability for just the grid in general. So we, we see wave energy as being very predictable and reliable. Well, that's fantastic for your company, especially because intermittency is one of the biggest problems faced by solar and wind. So adding wave energy into the category of baseline power, along with like hydro and geothermal, where you can get clean energy pretty much 24-7, 365, is great news for the energy grid. For my next question, what has had the greatest impact on your company? Policy, economics, or technology? I would say that, you know, some of the barriers that the industry faced in the first generation of wave energy development 
was really having the availability of technology and costs. Where we're at now, we're seeing that we do have the technology available. It's being tested. It's feasible. And costs have been significantly reduced around testing. There's been a lot of government support, grants, and you know, just general investment in this technology that is really accelerating the development. So those have been likely the most, most beneficial for us in our development. Well, that's good to hear. It sounds like you've had a decent run with all three of those. The policy is there to support you. Your technology is being developed and tested quickly, and the costs have been lowered and you've been able to get grants and funds to continue working on this. My last question for you today is, based on everything you're seeing in the world around you and everything you're working on in your industry, do you believe that as a planet we can still meet the goals such as a maximum warming of 1.5 degrees by 2050 that are set out by the UN? Is there still hope for that? I mean, I'll speak for myself, who I'm an internal optimist. Um, I do believe that we can meet these goals if we all work together on it. And, you know, I think we're we're living through such an incredible moment where there's so much energy, the form of just capital and talent. You know, everyone's sort of coming together to really decrease our dependence on fossil fuels and we're uplifting all sorts of new solutions now. Um, So I really do think as long as we all come together, governments, you know, innovators, industry leaders, we can make it possible. And I really hope, you know, the younger generation see you and I'm like, I'm so glad you're doing something like this because, you know, being able to learn and being able to speak on things like this and have the discussions, I really think that encourages the leaders to act as well and it applies that pressure on them. So I think it's possible. We just need to keep doing what we're doing. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I completely agree. It seems like we're living through a time where change is happening faster than it ever has in my lifetime, for sure. It seems like it's moving faster than it ever has before, and it's really exciting and sometimes overwhelming, but it's also encouraging to see that we can still make these changes quickly, and because of that, we still have a good chance of hitting those goals. Yeah, plenty of work to still do, though. (laughs) Yeah, definitely still plenty of work to do, but at least we're heading in the right direction. So where can listeners find you and CalWave to learn more about this? Right. So the easiest way to find more information about us is really just to go onto our website, calwave.energy. From there, you can find our social media links. Recommend you follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. That's probably where you'll receive the most news and information. And for any sort of articles and features, you can um, go ahead and click on our news section to learn more as well. Awesome. And all of those links will be found in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Julie. I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about CalWave. It's new, it's unique, and it's exciting. So I really appreciate you coming on to talk to me about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And that's it for this episode. I have to end by saying that talking to startups and brand new companies or technologies like CalWave is my favorite kind of interview. And that's because it really showcases the untapped potential of our world that is still out there for us to use. Don't hesitate to look at the resources in the show notes. 
We also have our Patreon page linked there if you're interested in supporting the show. That's one way you can do it. You can also subscribe to our email newsletter and follow our social media, all of which is in the show notes as well. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're approaching the end of this season and we still have a bunch of great episodes ahead, so I'm super excited to finish the season strong. Stay innovative. I'll see you next week.